Good day, listeners. This is Glynis, your FTI Red Chair Coach. It's our podcast, our weekly podcast, FTI Career Talk. And I want to continue along the vein of creativity and specifically looking at creativity in the workplace. Um, I was wondering, have you recently updated your CV by any chance? And if you did, in the place where you're supposed to put your skills, did you actually note creativity as a skill or creative thinking? If you didn't, I'd like you to reconsider your CV in light of what I'm going to tell you now. Um, Did you know that the World Economic Forum actually stated creativity as the third most important skill for employees in 2020? Third most important, creativity. The skill of creativity and the skill of creative thinking. Just after complex problem solving and critical thinking. So if creativity is such an important skill, then it is high time that we give it the attention it deserves. And in the workplace, How can we get people to become more creative, to think more creatively, to participate in innovation and to be creative in in what it is that they need to do? Because businesses and educators and everybody should really pay much more attention to creativity than what we currently do. So what do you think would possibly be the building blocks of creative DNA? According to me, one should firstly make time for creativity in the workplace. I know we're all busy and we all run around every day and doing our tasks. But what we need to do is to try and automate those repetitive processes that can be done by um, artificial intelligence. Um, because jobs like that, repetitive jobs, are going to be taken up. So you need to make time for your employees to think creatively and to skill themselves differently because you're going to increase unemployment as we go along. As it is at the moment, unemployment is sitting at about 30%. So we need to ensure that we teach and train our people creative skills then what else can we do we can put people into smaller teams we can get people to be cross-functional to work across functions so they can learn from one another and the first thing that you need to do is to do a small test with people and to see what their creativity type is Because it's all good and well to form teams, but if you are sitting with a team of dreamers only, you're not going to get very far. You need to be cross-functional and you need to cross-function creativity types so that different thinking can take place and people can learn from one another. Then the other thing is we need to make it fun. We're far too serious, especially in the corporate world. We think when people are having fun, they're not actually working. 
but your fun elements are the times when people are able to think creatively. So make time for fun, allow people to laugh, have fun with their projects, remove the stress and create areas in your business where people can actually have fun. Number four, delegate authority. There's nothing worse than micromanaging a team of people. Micromanagement kills creativity. People must feel free to think wild, broad and free. And then the fifth one to create a DNA of creativity is to drive fear out. People should not be afraid of trying, trying new things. Fear stifles creativity as well. And management, management should have a look at their emotional intelligence. Because sitting and watching people do work and being target driven, yes, that's all good and well. But it often stifles creativity and it makes people fearful of actually trying new things. Then check in regularly without being overbearing. Then I want to talk to you about idea creation. What do you do? How do you get the ideas to start flowing in the organization? You need to make the process accessible to all people. Ideas should come from every corner of the business, not just a select few. Creativity is not just for a select few. Anybody can participate. There must be realistic timelines around the projects and Ideas needs to be rewarded in some shape or form. There needs to be public acknowledgements or there could even be a point system where points can be redeemed in a specific way. So those are all ways that you can reward ideas. It doesn't always have to be monetary, but if it can be monetary, for sure. And then ideas need to be categorized, you know, not all ideas are going to be workable ideas so you need to know which ones can work which ones are excellent which ones are interesting and will possibly work and may require just a bit of further analysis and then the ones that are unworkable but in all cases there must be communicating you must communicate to the people who have um, presented you with ideas and it's very important to cultivate and encourage a spirit of entrepreneurs. People must be allowed to think entrepreneurial because that is the new skill forward. How to create things from nothing. How to look at something differently and then create something that is saleable. You need to have some techniques up your sleeve. You can use mind maps. You can use escape thinking or you can brainstorm. Those are the ways and the techniques that you can get ideas flowing in the business. If you put your small teams together and allow and help them to have good techniques. And I have to say that any new way of thinking can only occur in an environment of positivity. So... 
it's so important that we all embrace positivity. Any kind of negative thinking is going to stifle creativity. And there's no such thing as this won't work and that won't work. We need to look at all the ideas. You need to expose innovation widely, promote and build the culture, establish a common platform and channel the ideas effectively. And always there must be a complete buy-in from the top. That's it from me today. I hope you've enjoyed listening to me for today. I have to, I want to encourage you. I'm doing a webinar tomorrow on um, creativity as a skill that can be learned. I will be doing a full-on workshop very shortly. The webinar is free. Um, It's on all my platforms, on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, as well as LinkedIn. So follow us, have a look out for it and join our webinar. We've got three very vibrant ladies joining us for the webinar as panelists. So come on board and um, come and have a good time with us. Come and have a listen to how can you get this third most important skill of this millennium. Have a great day. Good day listeners. Our podcast topic today is stress management. Let's start off by looking at what is stress management. Simple sets of techniques that are there to help us deal more effectively with stress in our lives. You can never take away stress though. Stress is an unavoidable human response, which is not always bad. Let's just get that out straight up front. When you're in danger, stress response kicks in and that can often help us to get out of a dangerous situation. That's when stress is good. As long as it's a short burst of stress to get us out of trouble. Prolonged stress is the problem. That is what causes all the negative effects. For example, you may have heard of the term burnout. Burnout is when you get to a point where you can no longer cope. There are some easy techniques which can help you cope better with all the stresses of modern life and that is what we call stress management. We can all relate to and agree that the top four sources of stress are money, work, family responsibilities and health concerns. Stress has even been referred to as a silent killer. Recently I've read an article written by Michael Ashworth entitled How does stress affect us? And I just want to quote some of the stats that he mentions in his article, where it says over 43% of adults suffer from adverse health effects from stress. And somewhere between 75 to 90% of all doctor's visits are stress-related. That's a high percentage. Stress is linked to the six leading causes of death. Heart disease, cancer, lung ailments, 
accidents, cirrhosis of the liver, and suicide. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration has declared stress as a hazard of the workplace. Hence the topic, stress management. How do we manage our stress? Stress will be there, of course it will. We can't run away from it, but we can manage it better. Some of the psychological and emotional signs that points out that you are stressed can be depression, anxiety, anger, feeling overwhelmed, unmotivated, unfocused, insomnia, or perhaps even sleeping too much, constant worry, making bad decisions. Those are all psychological and emotional signs that you're possibly stressed. So now where in your body does stress manifest? It can be in your muscles or your joints. It can cause pain, tightness or soreness in your muscles. It can cause uh, problems with your lungs, difficulty breathing or your heart pumping a little bit too fast. It can manifest in your skin, your hair, your stomach, your shoulders, your head, even your immune system. I just want to mention another article which I've read in HuffPost. And there are four, five facts which I want to go through with you. And the first one says, your body does not care if it's big stress or little stress. The body will respond regardless. It will release a stress response, which can affect your energy, your thinking ability, your effectiveness and your clarity. Fact number two. Stress can make smart people do stupid things. Stress inhibits a small part of your brain, which could cause you to not function at your best. When we are in a state of coherence, we can function optimally. That's the state we should always strive for. All decision-making is state-dependent. So if you want to avoid making bad decisions, get yourself into a state of coherence. We want to deal with this in later podcasts, in our session, where we will um, also practically show how you can get into a state of coherence quickly and sustainably. People can become numb to their stress. That's fact number number three. This happens when prolonged stress becomes normal. We say things like, it's part of life, or that's my normal situation. We shrug it off. And we pay little to no attention to it until it shows up as a bad decision or an unwanted diagnosis at a doctor's office. Fact number four, we can control how we respond to stress. We do not need to be victims to our own emotions, thoughts and attitudes. We can control how we respond through simple actions, which is what we will cover in our masterclass stress management session on the 26th of October. I'll give you a little bit more information later. And number five, fact number five, the best strategy is to handle stress in the moment. Often we want to wait until we get home to put our feet up and exhale. Or we say, I'll wait for my gym session. Well, I want to tell you the best strategy is actually to have techniques you can use immediately when you feel the stress in your body or in your mind. 
Get rid of it right there and then. These are the techniques we want to share with you. Listeners, I invite you to join us on the 26th of October for our online Zoom session where we will unpack all of this in more detail as well as share practical and simple techniques to help you manage your stress more effectively. You can get more information about the event. It's available on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. Look for Forward Thinking Institute and have a look at our event and join us on the 26th of October. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.